Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins and everything in between. I'm Benedict and I'm feeling productive. I'm Benedicta. Today is November 30th. This is episode 118 and I am feeling peaceful. You're feeling peaceful. Well, right now I'm not. <laughs> because of, well, right now I'm not <laughs> feeling peaceful because <laughs> my Wi-Fi was just cut. But I was feeling peaceful <laughs> before that. No, it is definitely a little bit with the first snow, but also this weekend has been all Christmassy. There was a the school had a Christmas fair or Christmas market on Saturday that we spent the whole day there. And then yesterday we not yesterday, I guess Sunday uh, was the first Sunday of Advent. And like the Advent season is kind of big in, in Norway. I think uh, it might be for you as well. I am not sure about your. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So that was the yeah, that was the first Sunday of Advent where we uh, lit up, uh, lit up, lighted, lighted the Christmas tree in the neighborhood. And everyone got a little, not everyone, all the kids got a little um, bag of of uh, candy from the local Santa Claus. And then this nice. morning, I spent uh, an hour watching like 30 kids light a candle and put it in a circle with some pine branches. It was very, very peaceful. So... I was amazed. Like these kids, all of them were quiet, just watching it. You could see them starting to fiddle a little because I think it took like 40 minutes or an hour. And then at the end, all the parents were invited to light candles as well. So I kind of just sat there for an hour and watched it. It was very meditative. So now I'm so peaceful. I'm not even sure. Like, <laughs> what is my business? Like, what what am I supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to bake cookies and and make Christmas <laughs> crafts and stuff like that. So very peaceful, but um, that's nice. But there's little. So you like, don't have to do yoga today because you got your meditation in. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I've been really bad with the the yoga this weekend. Like since Thursday, I've been like very. I did it on Saturday, but then it's been all this Christmas stuff, and I just yeah, it kind of fell fell a little to the side. And then somebody asked me on Twitter how this challenge felt. I think on Sunday, and I was like, oh, this is exactly why I'm doing this. On Twitter, because then I was like, okay, I'll have to do yoga again and let her know how it goes. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, I'll get back to my routine, get the kid off to school, do my yoga, sit down to work and, you know, work on getting that productivity up again. But I feel like it's normal. Like I had a very last week when I was talking to Brian, I was like, boom, 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 like listing off everything I've done. And I was like super energized. And I was like, and next week, I'm just going to, you know, boom, boom, boom again. And then I didn't. <laughs> so it's a little ebb, ebb, ebb and flow season for everything. So embracing that slow and steadiness we're talking about in this, in this or at least <laughs> it's the title of the podcast is slow and steady, trying to embrace that. But you are super productive, so you are feeling productive. Well, I, I'm feeling productive today, uh, but I wasn't productive at all last week because I took the week off. That's why I also missed the recording. And I did basically nothing for a week. <laughs> at least nothing on the product or anything work-related. Well, that's not exactly true. I noticed that there, I left too many open ends, um, especially with the hiring process. Uh, before I left 
Um, so I had to do some like catch up with uh, candidates that were doing test assignments and stuff like that. And I noticed that because of that, I wasn't really able to unplug. So I was still checking email quite a lot and answering questions. And then, well, while you're checking email, you can also check Slack and maybe the, the support inbox. So yeah, I did a bunch of that stuff. Um, but I didn't do any proper work in that, that regard. And that was kind of nice. Uh, we also finally finished some projects in the house um, that we kind of put off for months now since we moved in. Um, and didn't really feel like we had the time for it, but yeah, just having it a week off from work is a perfect opportunity to tackle some of those things because they're not already wasted by the end of the day. And I already feel, and and still feel motivated to 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 get out a power drill and stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> which usually isn't the case during the weekday. Oh, you don't code um, all day, and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna build something uh, when you're off the computer. You're not like that. No, no I'm not like neither, that. <laughs> neither am I. I have neighbors who are like that. He codes all day, but he, he's not his own business owner, though. He he works for a company, so he codes all day, and then he comes mm -hmm. home, or now he, I guess he walks up the stairs, and then out comes the power tools, and uh, they are been completely refurbishing their apartment slash house or half a house um, for a year or so. Or has it been longer? Anyway, I am very impressed by that because I am not like that either. I want to just lay on my couch and like read or watch Netflix or hang out with the family or lately yeah. bake stuff. I don't know what's up with me. I like I do yoga <laughs> and then I make gingerbread dough or <clears throat> or ginger cookie. I mean, not gingerbread, banana bread or ginger dough, ginger cookie dough, ginger cookie dough, pepper cookie. Anyway. Uh, so I'm not really sure what's up, but that's me these days. I'm like, I was asking uh, Benedict <laughs> before the show if, if like domesticity or like housewifey is a feeling, because that's what I'm feeling these days. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not actually feeling peaceful. You're feeling housewifey. <clears throat> yeah, but in a very peaceful way, not in a like a stressful way. Ask me in three weeks when it's like a week until Christmas, I'll probably be um, be di feeling differently. But yeah, now I'm feeling, yeah, I'm just feeling very, very much at peace with stuff. Maybe that's what gives me kind of that urge or energy to be like, why not bake a little bit? Like I have time for that. While otherwise it's like, well, I can just buy yeah. it from the, I can just buy it from the store. Uh, but I do find joy in doing it. But I probably need to be in a kind of um, surplus mentally. I guess if that, yeah. Here we are, two Europeans trying yeah, to that, that, speak that about our feelings in English. It's the <laughs> I don't have all the words, <laughs> but um, surplus of energy, yeah, mental energy. Anyways, yeah, I think that's what just injection uh, labels with having margin, just like having extra energy for for other stuff because work isn't that stressful. That's a nice day to be in. It unfortunately it happens very rarely for me lately, <laughs> so that's why nothing nothing in the house gets done. Yeah. Um, I also feel like I can only get so many decisions into one day, and usually it's like decisions on the product or code or whatever or the business, and then at the end of the day I I can't even decide what I want what I want to cook for dinner. <laughs> Sometimes. But that is Oh my God, that is an excellent point because I think that is the difference 
of my like somebody who who goes to work and codes tickets that somebody else has made because you don't make that many yeah like, maybe at least you don't make that many high level decisions and then when you come home you can actually make a high level decision about like what you want uh like how you want the layout there has to be or whatever but when you keep making all of those kinds of decisions at work as well when you are the business owner then I guess you do have less of that. It's probably that. I haven't thought about it like that, but it's probably because I can feel the same thing when I'm like, there is a lot happening with the business and somebody can just ask me like the simplest, yeah, do you want to come over or, or should we go there? I'm like, I don't know. Can you just decide, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, why am I involved yeah. in this decision? Just do it, please. <laughs> and they're like, well, we were just trying yeah, to... Yeah, please don't of... ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we were trying to get your opinion. Don't ask me for my opinion. I just want to... Come eat. <laughs> Any restaurant will work. Just I'll show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just order something. I'll eat whatever you order for me. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that yeah. is, uh, I think that's a good point. Well, anyway, I can start with my update since I started on the feelings and just jumped over to your your uh, feeling of productivity. Sure. Yeah, so with uh, Queen Ray, we had the last episode of the Gatsby Deep Dives with Queen Ray and the Natter Mob style show. Paul, um, who is the regular on that, it's Ula, me, Paul, and then usually we have a guest. But he was out because he is suddenly in New York and it was Thanksgiving and he got to join the uh, Macy Thanksgiving parade. So he ended up being out. So Ula and I then decided to walk through setting up my new donation plugin um, for that show. And it worked out perfectly. So my plugin is amazing. <laughs> Did you already get uh, donations? <laughs> no, so the Did people <clears throat> test it right afterwards? <laughs> I mean, I was a little I I for I haven't pushed it yet. Like <laughs> it worked, but I have to set up a proper key. I only had test keys. So I wasn't that good. I should have done that so we could have gotten some donations, but it was Thanksgiving weekend. I don't think it was our how highest kind of watch viewership uh any anyhow. And But then we decided to just keep on streaming on Thursday. So we'll kind of put a rest to the the style of show that we've had, where it's been kind of focused on coding and like looking at different Gatsby subjects. But we are going to help Miriam, who you know, uh, create her new uh, site or kind of a web app for Conference Buddy, which is an initiative that she has where she helps you feel less anxious going to a new conference because you get to know people ahead of time that are going to the conference and she she sent me an email crazy idea like could we do this on stream and then we had a planning uh session but and we realized a lot of the things we were interested in it's like talking through the decisions so we'll do some coding like if she's stuck with Gatso, she's gonna try to use Gatsby and then I'll kind of be the advisor. Um, and if she's stuck with something, we'll take that on stream and try to figure it out. But we'll also kind of talk about she needs authentication. Okay, which one should we choose? Like there's a million different options for authentication. And then we can kind of have a discussion around that and vendor lock-in and, and those types of things. And also we are both kind of interested in privacy. So I might try to get another acquaintance on who is like a GDPR expert and privacy expert and have kind of her on and talk through those aspects of creating them the application so it will be more 
probably more of a podcast, but it's going to be on YouTube anyway. But um, it it will be more of a discussion format and kind of advisory format. I think we're making it up as that's we go cool. along. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, that's that's exactly the part that's that I'm missing from my work these days, of just having someone someone else on the team or, or working with you on something where you can just like have those discussions with and talk about trade-offs and limitations and should we do this or should we do that and what what am I not seeing, what am I forgetting uh, or what am I taking too seriously and that probably isn't a problem and stuff like that. I feel like those conversations are super valuable and also in a way like you learn the most from discussions like those because I mean in the end code is code and <laughs> um, it doesn't matter that much uh, but uh, those high level decisions have a have more of a long term effect and are not as easy to fix as the function definition of whatever thing you're building yeah exactly so I think it's going to be interesting because like we'll be with her along she's going to do all the coding but we have access to the repo and we also will then speak to her every week and in that way we'll have kind of an inside um inside view into what she's making so we can actually have like proper discussions and not so like high level discussions but very specifically for her use case instead of just yeah let's talk about authentication because yeah. <laughs> i mean that's a never ending topic so i'm i'm hoping this could be an interesting series so we'll try to do it's going to be until after christmas and then we'll start the deep dive shows again is the plan um mm -hmm. sometime in the end of january i think um because i'm realizing too i was like well we can do like with miriam on tuesdays and the other one on thursday and it's like well i can't all let everything i do can be <laughs> I, like streamed for free like i need to spend some time creating my products and my trainings yeah. and stuff like that so i'm gonna try to just stick to thursdays but if we could alternate alternate so we'll have like 10 episodes with the deep dives and then you know an intermediate show this summer it was summer functions which was quite similar but it was like a very niche topic for all of the summer and then now we'll do the um, conference buddy one and then maybe another 10 episodes of the deep dives and then we can have something in between. So I'll be streaming every Thursday. We're thinking about taking the day before Christmas off, though, <laughs> but not the day <laughs> before New Year's Eve. That's a nice idea. By yeah. the way, do you know the, the, the history or the origin story of conference buddy? I do not know the origin story. Tell me, so I can ask her questions on Thursday. I mean, Miriam can obviously tell that story way better, but the way I remember it is that she started it because she was anxious about going to conferences and not knowing anyone and being like a lonely person sitting in a corner and not being able to participate. And that's why she started, I think she started that platform before she went to her first conference ever, just to meet up with people. And it got super popular and people shared it because it's obviously a good idea um but what i found super interesting about this that it was supposed to be a fix for her anxiety about going to conferences but it accelerated her career 
in an insane way that I feel like at your second conference or so, she was on the stage giving a talk <laughs> and stuff like that. So <laughs> yes. going from being super anxious about going to conferences to actually being on stage giving a talk within a super short period of time. Uh, I think that was pretty impressive to see. And um, at least from the outside, it looks like the anxiety is entirely gone by now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think if you have anxiety like that, it's never gone. You just you learn to handle it, and also exposure helps. I've read like a lot of exposure will help in in different anxiety situations because you can then over like you can use that like logical part of your brain and be like, well, we've done it before, so yeah. it's you know yeah. it's, it's going to be okay. So even your even though your body is responding in that it's not going to be okay way, you can go back to like previous history or something like that is what they'd said in the book that I read. I don't have that much experience with um, kind of social anxiety myself. So I only can go from what people tell me or I read. Um, as, <laughs> as you might have understood from my persona, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not a fake extroversion <laughs> on my part. Um, but yeah, so I saw, I didn't know any of this because I saw Miriam at, um, she did a talk when I was also doing a talk and I just loved her talk on testing. So that's why I asked her to come on board yeah. the um, testing webinar that I did. Um, and then, of course, I also heard about Conference Buddy at that conference and kind of signed up to be a buddy for that conference or had that like the button that says, like, come talk to me, you know, I'll be friendly uh, and not i i want to talk to people so come up and talk to me um yeah but so this is super fun that we now are like doing this thing together which is uh the internet the old internet making yeah. friends and all of that um it's super cool uh, and I think also uh, I've been talking about before is I want to make like as my big milestone for 2022 is a Gatsby um, SaaS starter or something in that regard that I can sell. And I also think that talking these things through with Miriam on stream will help kind of see what kind of questions does she have? What do we need to address with such a starter if uh, or when we make it? Not if we make it, when we make it. Um <laughs> And then also, good news. So I'm going to write an article for Smashing Magazine about how to sell your Woo! sell access to private GitHub repositories. <laughs> so I'm getting some. So that actually happened? It happened. They said yes. Um, so nice. now. Congratulations. Think, yeah. And they're like, so when can you have the first draft? And I haven't answered. So I do have anxieties around those kinds of things. I'm like, what? Draft? <laughs> um, but that's why I am doing this or ask them is because I want to have an editor and I want somebody to kind of give me feedback on the on my writing in a good and kind of structured way and also then I'll have to like when when I promise them something you know I'll have to do it in the same way I think for Miriam as well like having that stream she will be compelled to actually do some work on her site for each stream um, it helps you with side projects like that and then a little bit of a POW update. I'm going to do a talk on encryption and privacy because somebody in a company had nominated me as a very exciting speaker that they wanted to hear about from or hear from. Nice. So that is cool. Um, so I'm going to try and make some encryption demos, actually. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, that's a different one than the one you did a couple of weeks ago or months ago, right? Yeah, so that was on Gatsby. So that was kind of under the Queen Ray umbrella, I guess. But this is more of yeah. a pow talk. 
Um, but I'll do, since I now I'm more comfortable with live coding, it's going to be based, a lot of the, a lot of the content will be from the talks I did make in 2019 about um, looking into encryption and privacy for POW. But then I'll also try to add some like live coding where we actually do some encryption in the browser um, live, because I think that will take a lot of that kind of scariness, at least for me, encryption sounded so scary. And then it's just functions and algorithms like everything else like you you don't write these things yourself anymore there's an api that does it for you um and you should never yeah. ever write these things yourself this is like you need a doctorate to even start thinking about creating encryption algorithms um yeah and then out of the blue a customer was like well how do i sign up for how do i switch from a monthly to yearly plan on POW. I was like, you want the yearly plan? I was thinking, thinking. I didn't tell her, but I was like, what? So I, I take that as a as a little win with me while I'm like letting POW be on the back burner, but I'll be back. I must be back. <laughs> I've been saying cool. this for months though. Yeah. I've been saying it for months. I'll be back. I'll be back. But um, but that is that is cool. So at the moment, I was like, I can do it for you because <laughs> can, she cannot do that in the UI at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can't upgrade to a yearly plan, a user list, other than sending us an email and we switch you over. Mm. Uh, I think maybe we're missing out on upgrades, but I don't know. Yeah. It works well enough for now. Yeah. But the so. thing is now with Stripe, if you send them to the Stripe um, checkout page or like Stripe dashboard page, or I don't know what they call it again, but then they can manage their own subscription and update there. But since the Stripe checkout, when I started with POW, Stripe checkout and that kind of dashboard feature wasn't as kind of evolved, then I added kind of my own, or I was using Userbase, which is the backend I'm using. Like they had a cancel subscription uh, API, uh, API endpoint and stuff like that. So I just connected buttons to those kinds of actions. But now I think it would be better to kind of rip out that kind of profile page and just send people straight to the Stripe profile page. And then I think they can upgrade. Because lately, they just pushed, Stripe pushed, if you go to the checkout page and you've chosen the monthly plan, there is now a toggle to let you update to a yearly plan inside of the Stripe checkout. So they are helping us sell more <laughs> and higher yeah, plans. Yeah. Um, so I'll think at some point I'll do that and just kind of rip out my own billing thing and just send them to Stripe now that Stripe has all that I need and it's not yeah it's not where I need to have like very specific or innovative <laughs> user interface I'll just try to use um, yeah for sure I did the same thing for my old product my uh, CMS a uh, couple weeks ago beginning of the year something like that where i don't know i had some problems with um uh two-factor authentication for like credit card payments and stuff like that and i was contemplating should i fix my own implementation or should i just rip it out and use stripe's billing portal for that and it was so easy to just rip <laughs> it out and use the billing portal that i don't regret that decision at all <laughs> yeah billing portal that's the name yeah billing portal mm-hmm yeah um i mean so i can totally recommend is, that route stripe is so i mean it's talk about vendor lock-in i mean i am so locked yeah. in to stripe that they could probably triple their 
price and I'll be like, what? I don't know. I, I cannot get off this platform. But. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on your scale, I guess. At some point, it becomes pretty expensive if you look at totals at least. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're right. Like, I'm not worrying about any of the fees right now because I know that whatever I build, will be of less quality and uh it just works great and they've been shipping a lot of great stuff lately um i noticed that in addition to like the checkout they now have a um an embeddable component again that like they they had one for like ages i think mm -hmm. that was their unique selling point in the early days that you can just like have a credit card form embedded into your website mm -hmm. and they recently updated a new version that does all the payment methods in one element. So instead of having to redirect to the checkout page, you can oh. just like have this one element in there and it will detect the country the person signing up is from and then show them all the options that they can use to sign up or to pay. And I'm strongly considering adding this to the, the user list sign up mm -hmm. flow and ripping out the thing we have in there right now. Not that I necessarily need more payment methods, but just like, yeah, just offloading that quite sensitive work and stuff to, to Stripe because they can just like do a better job of <laughs> setting it up correctly. And as I said, doing all the authentication stuff that some, some countries now require. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've do that always, at some point. <laughs> I mean, when Stripe finally opened in Norway, I was like, this is, this is, yes, this, this saves me so much time and you can like play in a whole new way on the internet because Norwegian has always or in Norway we've always been far ahead with banking but I think we've been so far ahead that we're now behind if that makes sense that because <laughs> we were one of like we we're one of the first countries where we had like fully electronic banking system and we had internet mm -hmm. banks and everything was working so well that like mobile payment didn't come until like two years ago because it was working so well that the pain wasn't there. But now that we do have, you know, mobile payment, we're like, what? Like, how did we not be the be the first country who had that? But that was because our regular banking system was like fairly fast um, and yeah. faster than most. So we've kind of been ahead and now we're we're behind and especially with like online payments our nobody here has been able to offer anything similar now with mobile banking they do because now you can interface with the um the the there's a mobile bank system called vips which all of the banks are now collaborating on it used to be one bank but now it's all banks and you can integrate with that but then it's only for for norway right it's only for norwegian customers so they there's still no kind of real contender to stripe for indie indie companies although it's like these really really big solutions that cost a lot every month to be allowed to integrate with so um yes yeah stripe was very that is interesting i'm wondering where like the indie hacker community would have, would be if stripe hadn't kind of come along yeah i feel like it wouldn't really exist um or and, unless someone else built a similar system yeah. i mean there was always fast spring and stuff like that and paypal so but it never maybe it would exist but it was so so 
chunky or junky or chunk, what's it called like it was so much harder yeah to get started yeah yeah i agree i i remember like 10 years ago or so i've been i, I was eyeing all those I, I was stripe around 10 years ago i'm not entirely sure but like in the early days i was basically on their website once per month <laughs> thinking like ah oh, it would be so nice if they were available in germany um so yeah it was <laughs> I, I at some point i got a t-shirt from them because i've kept barking them about when are you going to launch in germany when are you going to launch in germany they're like yeah maybe at some point but in the meantime have a t-shirt yeah because that's because <laughs> that's gonna help you charge people money on the internet the t-shirt <laughs> yeah yeah I think, for sure um but, but i think that's what drove a lot of the app development in the early days because that was a way to make money you could make apps for the app store and and then actually make money off of your your service or your coding skills or whatever you want to call it but then when stripe kind of came as an easy just an easy alternative with lower fees than the apple app store then we could go <laughs> back and make the same things for the web and still charge money right so it's an interesting yeah. evolution. Yeah. yeah. I feel there's an article in, in there somewhere. Just Yeah. In hindsight, I I remember looking up like looking up other service providers for payments and they all had like even even signing up for them was like a huge hassle. And I remember looking up um documentation for how to get a Wirecard account um to to accept payments and in hindsight <laughs> I'm probably lucky that I didn't did go with Wirecard <laughs> I, because oh, they, they, they kind of imploded last year with oh. fraud allegations and stuff like that. It's a huge <laughs> shit show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what's so g great about um, Stripe, yeah, that they do all of that. I realized because they have the load Stripe, if you use their uh, Stripe JS library, that loads the Stripe script onto your page. Um, it actually loads before you ask it to load. So it loads when you import, not when you do load script. And the reason they do that is that they want to be loaded as fast as possible because a lot of their fraud detection system is based on their script being on the page for the whole kind of visit, not just for the checkout experience. So if you want to only load it on certain pages, you have to like use load pure or something if you want to make sure that the script isn't loaded until you're on the checkout page. So they're they're a little sneaky with their default there, but it's so that um, they can do better fraud detection, which is getting mm -hmm. to be pretty good, yeah. right? We don't have to think so much about that as as business owners, which I think saves 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 us a lot of pain. I feel like this is like this yeah, is the, now, suddenly suddenly it's the Stripe show. Yeah, this this episode <laughs> is sponsored by Stripe. We wish way, kind of by making our lives. Well, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, isn't by it? making I our mean, lives easier. Yeah, we would probably be somewhere else uh, ripping our hair out about implementing payments for our products instead of recording this show. So, kind of yes. is sponsored kinda by Stripe. <laughs> we kind of glazed over your update. You had your week off, so you didn't do that much work, but you did some some interview process things. Yeah. Um, we are still continuing the hiring process for the front-end developer. 
um, we're still getting applications, even though it's not as many as in the in in the in the early days. Um, but there are a couple, still a couple good ones coming in. We started doing test assignments with a few promising candidates, and now we're in this weird phase of um, some people are still in like in the beginning of the pipeline, just submitting the application, and some people are at the end of the pipeline, basically waiting for a decision. And now it's this weird phase of like, should we say no to them or will there be someone better or should we hire this person or is this other person that's just starting out in the hiring process or the inter in the interview process maybe a better fit and how long do we keep people waiting for an answer because it also feels like a shitty thing to do if you like interview them and then don't get back to them for like a month or so. So I don't know. Um, still haven't haven't made a decision um but it's it's an ongoing process so i'll be doing more interviews this week and probably a couple more test assignments and then we'll see um who's who's the best fit for for this role um but i think over communication in in this kind of process is what you want to aim for it's better that they get an email saying if it's real like we haven't decided yet we are still getting applications yeah so we will not be making this decision at least until or and if you end up making the decision sooner than you promised that is kind of less yeah less mean than being you know stringing them along and saying like well you will give you an answer next week and then they might say no to other things or not like apply themselves to other things so being just super yeah. like over <laughs> communicating a lot more than you think because this is not marketing right like they won't feel spammed you're allowed to email them as much as you yeah want, you're allowed to email, you email them a lot more that's true <laughs> it's uh yeah so that's what's going on in that front um we made a decision on the other role uh that we hired for though so we now have a new customer success manager well a new our first customer success manager um jane hired them Last week, when, while I was away, so I haven't, I haven't even spoken to them yet, but uh, they seemed like a good fit from the um, from the mock interview we did or the mock demo we did with them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty exciting. The team's already grown by like 25%, 50%, <laughs> whatever. Um, and I'm hoping to finish the hiring process for the, the front-end developer sometime soon. But um, yeah. That's what's been happening last week for the most part. Um, this week, uh, we started thinking, well, that's not actually true. We started thinking about changing our pricing a couple of weeks ago because we feel like for some of our customers or even potential customers, um, userless is way too cheap. And for others, it's a little bit on the expensive side. And we we want to try to figure out how we can make this more appropriate so we started thinking about what can we do about our pricing to yeah mostly charge people more that get a lot more value from it um because they have like a small list of customers but like insanely expensive product themselves <laughs> um but we haven't I, I feel like we haven't come up with a good solution yet right now i think the most likely contender is that we will start introducing tiered pricing again mm. so right now it's just like one fixed price and then you pay for like the number of users and we're thinking of 
like introducing more tiers, like at least a, a second tier, and then starting doing um, feature gating on the plans. So if you want certain features, you have to get a more expensive plan. But a big question there is like, what features are what features going to what plan, and what's what is the reasonable limit, and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's what we are trying to figure out this week, and probably during the next weeks, so we can we can make a change there, and then maybe we come up with a list of features that we still need to build <laughs> to <laughs> to justify a higher price. Um, so yeah, I don't know. This is what's going on on that front. Um, and other than that, I'm just back to work and uh, catching up on stuff that I let slide last week. Um, but yeah, that's not super exciting to talk about, to be honest. Just like churning out new features or small improvements here and there. <laughs> yeah, pricing, uh, pr thinking about pricing again. So yeah, it ties nice into <laughs> talking about Stripe <laughs> for most of this episode. <laughs> but I guess that's it for today then. I'll give yeah. you an update on um, my baking next week. <laughs> on my Christmas cookie baking. I, I'm, j I'm just thinking about should I ask for pictures or do I not want pictures because I just get jealous. Um, I don't we'll know. See. I'll let you decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I do like to brag when I'm in the, uh, in the more uh, domestic things. Because it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I'm like, look at me, I can bake. <laughs> and then I remember on the baking issue, though, it's it's interesting because when I was in university, I, I did um, Master of Computer Science. So it was, I mean, we were four four girls and a hundred boys in our in our kind of class, and I ended up uh, arranging this like games night, I think, um, in in the fourth year where everyone brought like their game consoles, and then we had. Um, yeah, game tournament. So, because uh, a lot of the the guys in class had like old Nintendos and stuff like that, so we set that up around. And I decided to uh, bake baguettes for the and io and make aioli for the kind of the the gathering. And I've never seen so many like amazed faces where they were like, "You cook?" I'm like, "Yes, I can actually code." and cook it's an amazing accomplishment <laughs> <laughs> but they were just so uh i don't know if it was like the way i portrayed myself or but i've always like my family is like really big into cooking and and you know uh doing doing that sort of thing so i never thought about like that was would be a surprise but that was really funny to me that they were like so surprised and amazed that i could um <laughs> bake stuff from scratch and actually like but still be be kind of in the program so anyway that's a little yeah that's a little women in tech story there for everyone <laughs> 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 so, yeah. yeah yes let's get baking but now like the dudes also i mean everybody loves to cook and it's very hip hip to be into food right or like cooking and, and baking and stuff like that yeah agreed I yeah. mean, that's a good skill to have, like, especially if you like eating. <laughs> I mean, if you like eating, it's a very good skill that's, to have. I feel like that's one of the reasons why I got into cooking is that I liked eating so much. So I had to figure out how to, how to prepare it myself so I can do, <laughs> can do more of it. <laughs> but there hasn't been a shift in, like, amongst the tech crowd, I feel. Uh, at least I feel on Twitter over the last just couple of years where people are 
you know, talking more about like their woodworking skills or their cooking skills or their whatever hobby kind of that type of 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 thing and not just being like, you know. Yeah, tech, I agree. Tech, 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 so. But I, I also I also feel like that's just because the tech industry is just growing so so much yeah. more over the last couple of years that are just a lot more people in there. Not necessarily that it's more diverse, um, yeah, but, just more. but just like having more people in there just makes it more likely that they actually do other stuff as well. <laughs> I, I don't know, though, because I feel like it's the same people that maybe if I, for me, at least a lot of them are the same people that I followed five years ago. But I just feel like they've gotten older and gotten families and suddenly they're like... Oh, it's you know. And suddenly cooking. they care about different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, like cooking is a pretty neat skill, <laughs> or, or or like it's nice to be able to hang your own shelves or something like that. But that's it for me. See you in a week. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.